0: This is AFF On Air, the Australian frequent flyer podcast, bringing you the latest news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers.
1: G'day and welcome to episode 37 of AFF On Air. It is Saturday the 30th of May 2020, and I'm your host, Matt Graham. Over the past few months, I know many travellers have struggled to claim refunds that they're entitled to for trips that have been cancelled by the coronavirus pandemic. In this episode we dive into that subject of refunds and travel credits. One common complaint when changing flight bookings or redeeming travel credits is that you are asked to pay any fare difference even if you're booking a new flight on exactly the same route as your original flight and even the same class of travel. This is still legal in Australia, but airlines can no longer get away with this in Germany after a recent court case in that country. And later in the episode, I'll chat to the lawyer that defended that case in the courts. But first, here's what's making news in the world of airlines and frequent flyer points this fortnight. Firstly, Qantas has revealed how it plans to woo travellers back into the air with hand sanitizer, face masks and social distancing on the ground. But when Qantas rolls out the program it's calling FlyWell on the 12th of June, it will stop blocking middle seats on its flights. Qantas is not alone, with many airlines protesting that leaving seats empty would drastically increase airfares and make their businesses unviable. Meanwhile, some airlines are issuing flight attendants with new uniforms comprised of personal protective equipment, and some countries are now offering COVID-19 tests to arriving passengers, although this won't affect Qantas. From the 12th of June, Qantas will install hand sanitizer stations at its boarding gates, and masks will be available to passengers on board flights, but they won't be mandatory. There will also be changes to Qantas Club lounges whenever they're allowed to reopen, that is, and customers will be encouraged to check on online and use bag tags to minimise social contact at the airport. Virgin Australia says it has masks and hand sanitiser available on all flights. Virgin is currently also blocking middle seats during uh, check-in, however families travelling in groups can still be seated together. Meanwhile, Regional Express will make face masks compulsory for all passengers, starting from Monday. Rex passengers will be required to bring their own mask or pay for one at check-in, and anyone that refuses to wear a mask will be denied boarding onto Rex flights, except in exceptional circumstances. We don't yet know when international travel will resume for Australians, but there have been talks of travel to New Zealand and some Pacific Island destinations opening up in the second half of this year. New South Wales is allowing travel within the state for any reason, including holidays, from next Monday. And South Australia and the Northern Territory are also opening up travel within their own states and territories. However, their external borders remain closed. The Queensland-Tasmanian and Western Australian borders also remain closed, with no fixed end date at the moment. American Express membership rewards, as well as flybys, have reopened the ability to transfer reward points to Velocity Frequent Flyer. It comes after Velocity began allowing members to redeem their points once again on a limited selection of domestic flights for travel after the 1st of September. Most Australian banks have maintained, however, their temporary pauses on transfers to Velocity Frequent Flyer, which were introduced when Velocity put a pause on redemptions after it went into voluntary administration last month. The second round of bidding for Virgin Australia closed last night, and it's expected that the Virgin Australia administrators will soon narrow down the group of interested buyers to just two parties. LATAM Airlines, based in South America, has become the latest airline to file for bankruptcy due to the COVID-19 travel shutdown, as the company now embarks on a reorganisation of the business. The circumstances of the LATAM bankruptcy are similar to those of Virgin Australia, as well as Avianca, one of South America's other major airlines. LATAM has now filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in the United States, which allows the company to continue operating while preventing creditors from seizing assets while the business is being restructured. LATAM Airlines says that it plans to continue operations as normal, despite the bankruptcy, as soon as travel restrictions in South America are lifted and demand returns. LATAM is currently operating barely 5% of its usual flights due to COVID-19. The LATAM Airlines group is made up of various affiliates based in different South American countries. LATAM's entities in Chile, Colombia, Peru, Ecuador, and also the United States are included in the bankruptcy filing, but LATAM Airlines in Brazil, Argentina, and Paraguay are not subject to the bankruptcy proceedings. Hertz, a car rental company, meanwhile, also filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in the United States last week. The Australian arm of Hertz, though, is not affected by this. Emirates has traditionally had some of the highest carrier charges in the industry, much to the detriment, of course, uh, of frequent flyers that are redeeming their points to fly on Emirates, including Emirates Skywards and Qantas Frequent Flyer members. But in a surprising twist, this is no longer the case. Earlier this week, Emirates slashed their carrier charges on most routes, substantially. For example, on a flight from Australia to Dubai, flying on Emirates, you would previously have had to pay $148 in carrier charges, in addition to any genuine government and airport taxes, when redeeming Qantas points. That's now $75. And in business or first class on a flight from Australia to Dubai the carrier charge has been reduced from $371 to $227. On an Emirates flight from Sydney to London, for example, the economy carrier charge one-way has decreased from $223 to $113. And for business and first class, the carrier charge is reduced now from $592 last year, now down to $340. There are no changes to carrier charges payable when flying from Sydney to Christchurch or from Melbourne to Singapore on one of Emirates' 5th Freedom routes. But in the other direction from Singapore to Melbourne on that particular flight, carrier charges have now been reduced from $245 one-way in economy or $357 in a premium cabin down to nothing. Qantas has outlined its plans for the Sydney-to-Johannesburg route after the Boeing 747s are retired. Qantas has now scheduled Boeing seven eight seven nine Dreamliners on its flight to South Africa starting from next year. The Dreamliners do have substantially fewer seats than the 747s, but Qantas will at least increase its frequency on the Sydney-to-Johannesburg route from six times a week to daily, adding a Wednesday flight. Virgin Australia failed to make money on its short-lived route from Melbourne to Johannesburg which it operated between 2010 and 2011 because of regulations for twin-engine aircraft at the time, which required Virgin's 777s to remain within three hours of an airport at all times. The most direct route from Australia to South Africa takes you quite far south over the Antarctic icebergs, far, far away from the nearest usable airport. But since uh, 2010, technology has improved, and regulations surrounding extended twin-engine aircraft operations have also become more lenient. Qantas is now allowed to fly its Dreamliners up to five and a half hours from the nearest Divergent Point, making the Johannesburg route with the Dreamliner viable. It is believed that Qantas plans now to send its remaining three Boeing 747s into storage in California by the end of June. And it's not yet clear whether this would be a temporary or a permanent move. And in fact, Qantas itself may not know yet. It will probably depend on how quickly demand picks up. Meanwhile, Qantas has acquired National Jet Systems, which operates the Qantas Boeing 717 fleet uh, from Common Aviation. This brings the operation of the Qantas Link regional 717 jets back in-house, a move that Qantas Link says will give them more certainty going into the future. Qatar Airways last week ran a limited-time status match promotion for elite members of six frequent flyer programs, including Virgin Australia Velocity. The status match comes with 12 months of Qatar Airways Privilege Club status and a shortcut to renew that status for another 12 months. As Qatar Airways is a member of the One World Alliance, Privilege Club members can receive benefits when flying on Qantas or any other One World Airline. However, currently it's not possible to earn Qatar Airways Q points which count towards status qualification on most Qantas domestic flights and that could make it difficult for privileged club members in Australia to renew their status given Australia's borders are currently closed. Finally, would you consider stepping on a flight to Italy right now? If you said no, you're not alone. Last week, German low-cost airline Eurowings finally got a chance to launch its summer-season flights from Dusseldorf to Olbia on the Italian island of Sardinia. Shortly before landing, the Eurowings crew discovered that Olbia's airport was closed – in fact, it has been for months – and they ended up returning to Dusseldorf, where they landed after more than four hours in the air. Apparently, the airline and the operating flight crew both missed the important piece of information that the airport is currently closed to all aircraft with more than 19 seats. The Airbus A320 has 180 seats, but fortunately there were far fewer passengers than that who were inconvenienced. In fact, there were just two passengers on board, apparently Italian residents returning home. I'm amazed they even tried to operate the flight in the first place. That's what's making news this fortnight. For more regular news, updates and deals, subscribe to the Australian Frequent Flyer Gazette or follow us on Facebook. If you've had a flight cancelled due to COVID-19, you might have tried to rebook for a later date, or perhaps the airline issued you with a credit. Given the circumstances, many airlines have offered to waive change fees in situations where your original flight has been cancelled. But most airlines, including Qantas, Virgin Australia and Jetstar right here in Australia, will still make you pay any fare difference that may apply when rebooking. This could even apply if you're rebooking onto a new flight for exactly the same route and class of travel as your original booking simply because the airfare available at the time that you make the rebooking is higher than what you originally paid. It doesn't seem fair, does it? Well, that's exactly what one Lufthansa customer in Germany thought recently when they were told they would need to pay an additional 3,000 euros, which is about 5,000 Australian dollars, when Lufthansa cancelled their first-class flights from uh, Stockholm to Buenos Aires, and the customer tried to rebook onto exactly the same flights just for a later date. Its customer complained to their local consumer authority and the matter ended up going to court. In Australia, as of now, this kind of thing would actually be perfectly legal, but it may not be the case much longer in Germany. The lawyer representing this court case was Dr. Matthias Berzer. Regular listeners to this podcast may remember Matthias joined me in episode 22 to talk about another court case where uh, Lufthansa tried to sue a customer for using hidden city ticketing. Matthias joins me again now. Welcome, Matthias.
0: Hi, good morning, Matt.
1: Thanks for coming on the podcast again. So uh, what exactly did Lufthansa try to do here to this customer that that prompted them to complain?
0: They tried to do what they are always doing and which would usually be completely legal. If you try to rebook your flight, um, there might be rebooking fees. I think they even waived them in this case. But you will have to pay the fare difference. Um, In this case, the reason for the rebooking was not um, the the passenger's decision, but whether a cancelling of the initial flights the passenger had booked. And uh, in this case, the passenger rights regulation in the European Union says that you have to be rebooked on another flight with the same airline at a time, a point of time that you select without any extra payments. And that's why the uh, court decided that this uh, was illegal, what uh, Lufthansa was doing. And they have to rebook passengers without any fees if the flights have been cancelled.
1: Okay, so under, I guess, the European regulations, the customer has a choice between a refund or rebooking. Is that correct?
0: Yes, you do have the choice between three options. The first one is a refund, which has to be made in cash. The airline may offer a voucher, but the passenger does not have to accept this. Some airlines don't play very fair on this currently
1: yes
0: and the second option is the rebooking on the same airline and you can decide whenever you want to be transported it doesn't even have to be within the ticket validity so the 360 days from booking your ticket do not apply to this you can even say i want to fly um at christmas 2021 And the third option is being rerouted to the next available flight, which also includes other airlines, according to lots of courts here in the European Union, without any extra fees. But that has to be on the next flight. So you can't say I want to fly in three weeks time or in five weeks time. You have to take the next flight. And if the next flight would be, for example, a Thai Airways flight and you were on a Lufthansa flight, Lufthansa has to reroute you without any extra costs on
1: this Thai Airways flight. Okay, so I guess the reason that Lufthansa tried to charge an additional €3,000 to rebook at a later date was simply because the fare that the customer had originally paid or maybe the fare class was sold out and the, the new price that was available at the time was higher. But I guess the European regulations don't say anything about a fare difference, do they?
0: No, they don't. They don't even make a difference from booking classes, which often make yeah, the yeah. fair difference uh, come up. They just say the same class of travel has to be given. So the conditions of carriers have to be the same. You have to be in the same travel class. You have to be – if it was a stopover connection, you will have to accept a stopover connection. You don't. Uh, they don't owe you a direct connection. But in this case, the fair difference will certainly have been the reason for them trying to charge something more. Um, because the the initially very low fare, I think it was partner special first class fare from Lufthansa, was simply not available at the time of the
1: rebooking. And so is Lufthansa going to appeal this decision?
0: I'm not sure. Um, I would be very interested to see what they are saying because the wording of the passenger rights regulation is very clear. Um, I'm not quite sure. I don't think so. They already started adopting their processes. So the most of the passengers currently trying to rebook their canceled flights do get the chance to do this free of charge. Um, so I think they will comply and they won't appeal to this, but they could,
1: of course, do this. Okay. And in the meantime, I guess if they are caught charging a fair difference, um, I guess there's some sort of fine involved now for the airline? Yes, correct.
0: Um, if the consumer agency gets to know those cases, so if anyone should have those cases, but there has to be a German connection, so the people living in Germany or flights to and from Germany, um, contact the German uh, consumer agency the, here located in North Rhine Australia. It's called Verbraucherzentrale. And if they have those cases where Lufthansa was trying to charge something after flights had been cancelled, the consumer agency can apply with a court to have a fine implied on Lufthansa, which is basically between 1,500 and 5,000 euros per case. It can even be more, but this is the standard fine which has to be paid for the first case where there is such a breach of this uh, court order, and um, that would lead to a fine, yes.
1: Okay well that, that sounds like um, they're probably not going to try and do this anymore so that's a quite a good victory yes. congratulations yeah um, great thing yeah yeah do you know if this also applies to credit vouchers so I know some airlines are trying to issue credit vouchers instead of uh, you know uh, rebookings or, or refunds
0: no it is not and that's why a credit voucher is I think not the best option. Um, credit vouchers just uh, entitle you to book another flight, which also includes another route, which might be interesting, mm-hmm. um, but uh, or another class uh, of travel. But um, travel vouchers um, do just lead; f- they are just a mean of payment to pay another flights, and so other flights can be more expensive. If you accept a refund as a travel voucher for, let's say, one thousand euros for your New York flight and your uh, desired date of travel will be l- around Christmas and the flights are 2,000 euros, you will have to pay yeah. a fair difference of t- 1,000 euros. So travel vouchers are, besides problems regarding bankruptcy of airlines, not the best option. You should decide whether to rebook free of charge or have a refund in cash.
1: Okay, and I guess um, if you have a right to rebook free of charge on any date that there is a flight available, that means you could rebook for a time like Christmas or a time where... yes. Ah, so that's that's the benefit of that that makes sense okay
0: it also just let me let me explain one more thing this also applies to award bookings so if you have uh. a flight to let's say South Africa in July where awards are quite good available and lots of flights are available to book an award flight mm-hmm. you can now just call them and if you find a seat in business or first class what you initially booked which can be bought for money, you are entitled to have your award booking. Rebook to that date uh, if the oh, flight wow. was cancelled. So then also give the uh, option to uh, reach destinations that you
1: would usually, uh, usually not reach uh, with uh, ward miles. Yes, and of course the award availability around the peak travel period is always a problem. That's very interesting. It would yes. be nice if the, yes. this also applied in Australia, but I guess... Uh, I guess it it only applies in the (laughs) European Union, unfortunately, for us here in Australia. Yeah, I I know a lot of people have complained that they haven't received refunds for cancelled flights uh, booked on many airlines, including uh, Lufthansa and many other European airlines, but certainly not uh, limited to those. Um, I myself have been waiting over two months for a refund from Austrian airlines. What rights um, under the European Union regulations, such as the EC261 laws, do consumers have in terms of getting a refund?
0: Yes, they do have the right to get a refund and the refund has to be made within seven days after the passenger was asking for that. So you don't have to even have to set a deadline. You just say, please refund. And seven days later, the money has to be back. But you're right. Um, all refunds I've heard of are very delayed, at least. And some airlines do not even process refunds right now. Um it's quite interesting, the smaller airlines seem to be more, let's say, passenger-friendly. I've heard about Wizz Air, a low-cost carrier from Eastern Europe. Wow, they were, they were filing refunds, so very interesting to see that. On the other side, um, I do handle dozens of cases with Lufthansa, and there are no refunds being made even after weeks or months. And the first refunds have just reached us and um, they are following a lawsuit that was fired against Lufthansa. So I can imagine what the reason was for Lufthansa to pay the refund in exactly these cases.
1: That's really interesting. So Wizz Air, I mean, for anyone that's not familiar with Wizz Air, it's an ultra-low-cost carrier. Uh, They're owned by Indigo Partners, which is actually one of the... um, Organisations which is bidding for Virgin Australia at the moment, so that's uh, it's quite interesting. But as an ultra low cost carrier, they're paying out refunds when major airlines like Lufthansa are not, which is uh, quite interesting. Um, you yes. Me- yeah, you mentioned that uh, under the European Union laws, the refunds need to be paid out within seven days. Obviously, that hasn't happened. Are the mm-hmm. European laws simply on hold at the moment?
0: No, they are not. Airlines just don't comply. Mm -hmm. Um, There have been discussions. um, There has been publication of the European Commission in March when the um, Corona crisis was really hitting hard. And there was a uh, publication where they made clear that the right for refund is not suspended. Airlines have tried to reach a legal change that they just have to issue vouchers. But uh, European Commission then said, no, the refund is legally binding. But they also were um, mentioning the other interesting thing from the passenger rights regulation. You might have heard of the compensation, which is due between um, 125 and 600 euros for canceled or delayed flights. Yes. And cancellation already started in February, back in February, where Alan said it's not economically um, useful to operate um, routes that are simply not booked. And so they cancel flights. Yes. Um, they did not have to do this according to um, authorities or for uh, health reasons, but they did this to... Work, work more economically. And the Re- European Commission published this um, note that they think that they this compensation is not due because corona would be something uh, considered as extraordinary circumstances. Uh, circumstances. Yes.
1: Um,
0: this publication from the European Commission is not legally binding. Um, I'm quite sure that at least the local courts uh, in Germany or other countries will also consider this being a, a valid point I'm not sure whether this is really uh, the result of this because um, economically um, useless flights are not uh, extraordinary circumstances uh, circumstances, under my opinion, but it will be hard to find the uh, uh, compensation. So the refund is due, there's nothing different. There have been, I think, um, some member states of the European Union that have um, uh, differing uh, legal framework for their uh, companies. But that should be something breaching uh, European Union law, and that's why that's not legally binding. So you are entitled for a refund if it's an EU airline or if the flight departs from uh, Germany, uh, the European Union.
1: Okay, so I guess these European regulations apply if you're booked on any European airline. Also, though, departing from Europe, as you say, so if, for example, you were booked on a Qantas flight departing from London, uh, I'm not sure whether the UK is still considered part of the, the EU, but would that, do you know if that would count? Um, yes,
0: it would count. And it's still part for the transition uh, regulations that have been met. That, that would still apply. Also, Singapore Airlines starting in Frankfurt uh, also mm-hmm. is under the European passenger rights regulation. And so refund is due. Yeah.
1: Okay. But I guess it wouldn't count if you'd booked a return flight, for example, from Sydney to Frankfurt on maybe Singapore Airlines, because that would be a ticket purchased in Australia. Would I be correct there?
0: Um, that's a current question what's going on with uh, mixed tickets also Mm. a ticket going from Frankfurt to Singapore with Singapore Airlines this this flight would be under the regulation but if you have a continuing uh, connecting flight from Singapore to say uh, Phuket with Singapore Airlines this would not be uh, under the passenger rights regulation according to the wording of the regulation but we've also had cases in the past uh, where a Czech airline was flying from Prague to uh, Abu Dhabi Mm -hmm. and then the flight from Abu Dhabi was made by Etihad, and there was a disruption, a delay, whatsoever. And the European Union uh, court said um, this was also part of the European regulation because it's a um, it's a connected flight; it's one ticket; it's one journey. So it yeah. also fl- uh, falls under the European passenger rights regulation. So, you're. Uh, example given: the flight from Frankfurt via Singapore to Sydney. I think this could also be claimed under the Passenger Rights Regulation.
1: Yes, yeah. I have heard of a case with Qatar Airways where somebody was travelling from somewhere in Europe via Doha to, I think it was to Bangkok or somewhere in Asia, and mm-hmm. the inbound flight from Europe to Doha was de- delayed by around about an hour, and that resulted in the person missing their connection to Bangkok and the next mm-hmm. flight was not for another eight or so hours. So they arrived in Bangkok about eight hours late and that was actually, they actually were successful in claiming yes, under yes. the European uh, delay compensation. Although I, I yes, have correct. certainly uh, heard of cases where yes. airlines will avoid paying compensation because they say that the delay was weather-related or some other extraordinary circumstances. ATC and- yeah, yes. ATC. Yep. Um, and I can certainly see that they would argue that coronavirus is one of those extraordinary circumstances. They will. Yeah. Yeah. I I have heard also that Ryanair, which is, I guess, the largest airline in Europe, they're an ultra low cost carrier like Wizz Air, has said that they're going to issue vouchers for everyone and then they can be converted to refunds in 12 months time if the customer does not redeem the voucher. Can they do that? No, they can't.
0: If you don't accept the voucher, you are entitled for a refund and I can just um, motivate everyone, everyone to run for their money. Um, the voucher solution is done by lots of airlines i've recently experienced this from air france without asking for this they will just send you a voucher they also let's say imply that this is legally correct but the uh, the the wording is very precise and they try to to um go to the 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 furthest that they can legally do and uh, lots of consumers just say okay seems to be the legal correct way to handle this. I just accept the voucher and that's it. And that is not the legal situation here in the European
1: Union. Absolutely. And in my experience, I've had about 10 different airline bookings I've had to try and cancel them the last couple of months. Um, in every case, the airline has not mentioned the word refund in their communications once. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, of course, when I yes. when I contact them and I specifically say I would like a refund, they will always do it. But you have to prompt them. They don't just do it automatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: would do that the same way as an airline. I would not communicate the refund very broad, but um, the way the the airlines are doing this right now is at least unfair, if not uh, illegal.
1: Yeah, uh, and another thing, while we're on the subject of Lufthansa, they made some changes to their Miles & More program at the start of this year. So they made changes in, in the way that you, will, you would earn status with Miles & More mm-hmm. uh, starting mm-hmm. from this year. Um, they've now come out and said, actually, we're going to make those changes starting from next year and revert it to the old system. Uh, what's been their response to that?
0: So good thing is uh, status has been extended for lots of customers. I think that's a very fair thing. They even extended it by one year where other programs just do it for several
1: months. Yes.
0: So that's a fair thing. I think a lot of
1: airlines have extended it by yes. one year. Some of them are six ah, months yes. and there's, there are variances, yeah. but yeah.
0: So that's a very fair thing, uh, especially the, the very... Um, Uh, interesting status, the HON uh, circle status with Lufthansa has also been extended by one year, so that's a fair thing Lufthansa is doing, and I think that's a good thing to do it. But they were announcing changes to their Miles and More program for next year that um, could lead to some changes for the current customers that might lose their status, but it also gets more easy to reach the status. So you could buy a booking some interesting flights to destinations in the Middle East, like Tel Aviv or Cairo, Um, in business class, which are not very, very, very expensive. You could earn lots of points that then will lead to the senator or hon status. There have been mileage runs for, I think, 1,500 euros to reach the senator status,
1: status, which is quite cheap. And that's Star Alliance Gold. That's pretty good.
0: Yes, 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 that's quite good. Uh, especially considering that the Cenesis uh, status is, is considered to be more worth than the regular Starline status. So that's quite a good value. And people have booked direct turnarounds to those destinations that usually are not your regular weekend des- getaway destination. So it's obvious people just did this to reach the status. And now the system will be delayed by one year. By Lufthansa, because they say they don't have the capacity to introduce this right now because staff is sending other cases. I'm not sure if this is the right thing they are doing. And this also leads to people having booked flights that are worthless because they did never want to go to Cairo for just an hour. No. Um, <laughs> they won't reach the status they were trying to reach and now have spent lots of money for the Han- hon uh, circle status. You had to spend between four and six thousand euros. And of course, lots of time. And now the people have those flights. Um, I think it was the cheapest booking class for business class flights. So they are not re- refundable. And they are now angry because they won't reach their status. And I think this cannot be the final legal solution. Uh, I think either uh, refund is due or Lufthansa has to grant the status they were promising when they made the bookings. But that's a legal situation which has which has not been cleared up by now but quite, quite annoying for the people that spend lots of money.
1: Yes, that's quite interesting. Just for our Australian listeners, so Hon Circle is basically platinum one on Qantas, more or less. Just finally, um, there's been an update in the Sorry Saga that is the construction of the new Brandenburg Airport in Berlin. <laughs> I, I know we spoke about this briefly last time here on the podcast. It's now set to open apparently in November. Do you think this is going to happen? Yes, I do.
0: Um, There are several reasons to do this. Um, The main airport of Berlin, which is Berlin-Tegel, Flights have uh, decreased during the last few weeks and months, as you can imagine. I've, I think they've just had a hand of, handful of flights during the last weeks. And now they have applied to uh, cease their uh, operation, operating license. Um, the Berlin government has um, acknowledged this, and now flights are temporarily moving to the other Berlin airport, which is Schönefeld. Mm-hmm. Um, And um, Tegel will close temporarily, which is the current wording. (laughs) Um, But um, as the uh, Berlin-Brandenburg airport was due to open in autumn, I think Tegel is never going to operate again. They will still operate this for general aviation for the next month. They will still use this for military or government purposes. Um, But I think commercial flights will end on I think it was June 14th, and we'll then go to Schönefeld, and the Berlin Brandenburg Airport is sharing their runways with the Schönefeld Airport, so it's just the buildings on the other side of the, on the area you know, that have to be opened up, and I think they will use the current situation of very reduced amount of flights to start a soft opening of that airport and I don't think that they will um, delay this any further so I'm quite sure that Berlin Brandenburg will open up this year.
1: Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I I did say that if um if they did actually open at the start of November, I would be there for the opening. Unfortunately, with the border to Australia now closed, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. But uh, it's yeah, very good to see that they they're finally only uh, how many is it nine years late now? They're actually going to open up.
0: I think they were at first they were mentioning this project in 2000 so back 20 years ago but I was not I'm not sure when they tried to open this I'm not quite sure um, they also try to do some test runs that they do with every airport so there are some volunteers that try to check in that try to reach their flights that use laboratories and what so on mm-hmm. and um, those test runs have been cancelled because you Obviously, cannot uh, herd up twenty thousand people <laughs> at the current situation and yes. let them run around in the airport. But um, the conditions to start this airport are the best right now, with a very low capacity needed. So I think they will do this. Yeah.
1: Okay, and I guess Berlin uh, previously also had the Tempelhof Airport, which was converted into yeah. a park. Do you know if there is yes. any plans uh, for the current Tegel and Schenefeld airports?
0: Schönefeld and Berlin-Brandenburg is the same runways. It's the same um, part, a plot of land, you can say. It's just the other side of the, the area where now the new terminal buildings are going to open. So I don't think that there will be something, some kind of conversion as well for Schönefeld. They might use the buildings for other purposes, for uh, companies, for, for industrial usage. I'm not sure what they're going to do. Um, but there will not be something like the Tempelhof where you can now uh, skate around or use or kite or whatever that's not some, something they're going to do with schönefeld especially considering that schönefeld is not really berlin it's far away from berlin you have to drive a lot that's also the, the reason why lots of people are sad seeing tegel leaving the the operations uh, tegel to the city center was 20 minutes with a bus and schönefeld to city center will be like 40 50 minutes so um quite a quite a long way to go
1: Yes, I did hear though that they were thinking about using Tegel as an office uh, area or something like this.
0: I can imagine this. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can imagine this. Um, they will uh, also in Schönefeld. Some buildings have built have been built on the old space of the airport. Even though the the most of the space is still accessible, but they will do this. Yeah, I am quite sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, thank you so much for your insight, Matthias. It's great to have you back mm-hmm. on the AFF on Air podcast, and all the best. Thank you very much. Did you know that you can get more from your Australian Frequent Flyer membership by upgrading to Silver or Gold membership? For just $50 a year, Silver members see no advertisements on the vast majority of community forum pages. And for only $75 a year, in addition, Gold members can receive discounted travel goods and services valued at over $400 a year, including discounts on Qantas Club, NordVPN, Expert Flyer and more. Most importantly, by upgrading your Australian Frequent Flyer membership, though, you'll be supporting the website and this podcast. For more information, visit australianfrequentflyer.com.au forward slash upgrade. Well, hopefully that interview gave you some insight into what I found to be another interesting court case in Germany, as well as your rights on flight bookings that involve Europe. It's worth pointing out that, also, if you have a flight booked that touches the United States, you could also be covered by the United States Department of Transportation protections. Like in Europe, airlines in the US are required to provide a refund if they cancel your flight, and if they don't treat you fairly, you can complain directly to the Department of Transportation. So what about Australia? I thought I would take this opportunity to talk about the current refund policies of Qantas, Jetstar and Virgin Australia. Now Qantas had been offering travel credits with waived change fees until the end of April for travel that was booked until the end of July this year. Now, Qantas is offering travel credits if you have a flight booked between August and October this year and you no longer wish to travel. You can now cancel for any reason if your travel is within that period and request a travel credit to use towards a future one-way or return Qantas flight up until the end of 2021. And Qantas has now once again removed the change fees that apply to those credits. For travel dates in August, September, October, you would need to request a credit by the end of June. Be aware that Qantas will only let your credit, though, to book a new trip for the same number of passengers that were on your original booking. And if you want to use your credit for a flight departing from a different country to where you originally booked from, you would have to call Qantas to rebook. That can't be done online. Currently, Qantas travel credits can only be put towards a new booking of equal or greater value compared to your original booking, But this will change in June when Qantas eventually updates its systems to allow vouchers to be redeemed for multiple different trips. If you would prefer to get a refund rather than a travel credit, keep in mind that you are entitled to a full refund if Qantas has cancelled your flight. Now, if you're travelling between August and October, your flight probably hasn't been cancelled yet, Um, even if it's an international flight, simply because Qantas hasn't got around to updating its schedules that far out yet. My advice for now would be to simply wait uh, until the flight is eventually cancelled, particularly if it's an international flight to somewhere other than New Zealand. That's probably not going to go ahead. If Qantas does cancel your flight, the value of your booking will be automatically converted into a credit voucher, but you can request a full refund instead by calling Qantas. I did that recently for one of my upcoming bookings. It took quite a long time uh, on hold to get through to the Qantas call center, but once I did get through, they canceled it without any issue and took about a minute. So that was good at least. Jetstar, by the way, has a similar policy. Um, You can get refunds for flights that are canceled by Jetstar or vouchers if you choose to cancel, depending on when you're traveling. And the only difference really is that with Jetstar credit vouchers, they expire after 12 months. You can, however, travel um, later than 12 months in the future. You just have to use the voucher within the year. This week, Qantas also introduced a rather generous new policy that applies to classic flight reward bookings made using Qantas points. You can now change or cancel any classic flight reward booking, regardless of when you made the booking or when you're due to travel, up until the 31st of October this year. And no doubt this policy is designed to boost member confidence uh, in order to encourage new bookings, but um, it does apply to to existing bookings, and I'm I'm quite impressed by this, actually. Things are not so good, I'm afraid, for Virgin Australia customers and Velocity members. Ever since Virgin entered administration on the 21st of April, it stopped issuing refunds at all, even for refundable tickets or flights that were cancelled by the airline. Instead, Virgin is now offering customers with affecting, affected bookings where they would already ordinarily be entitled to a refund the option of what it's calling a conditional credit. Now, these credits are only valid while Virgin is in administration, can only be used towards Virgin Australia flight bookings, and the new owners um, eventually that Virgin Australia gets may or may not choose to accept them. Um, Prior to the 15th of May, Velocity Frequent Flyer was at least promising to refund cancelled Velocity reward seat bookings for travel on Virgin Australia up until the end of September this year. Velocity has now retrospectively changed this policy and is now saying that they won't issue any refunds at all for existing reward seat bookings booked before the 15th of May. Now, considering Velocity Frequent Flyer is not involuntary administration, as they keep reminding us, I'm not too sure how Velocity thinks it can get away with changing its terms and conditions after the fact like this. Uh, When you make a reward seat booking through Velocity, I mean, the contract is with Velocity, isn't it? The Velocity website is uh, still full of marketing fluff. It says stuff like, as a valued member of Velocity and a keen traveler like us, we're committed to keeping you updated through these uncertain times of coronavirus and reduced travel. Now that's all great, but actions speak louder than words. Saying you're committed to keep up keeping members updated doesn't really mean anything, and even less so when you don't even do that. Now for the last two weeks the Velocity website has said that for redemption bookings made before the fifteenth of may we will provide further information shortly. There has been no information forthcoming, members have not been contacted about this. Um, how long is shortly, I do wonder. Our Velocity does say that it will now offer free changes and cancellations to anyone that uses Velocity Points to book a reward seat on one of the 20 domestic routes that are now available for redemptions again for travel after the 1st of September. and This will apply for any new bookings made after the 15th of May this year. Um, Any changes would need to be made by the end of August. And it's just as well that Virgin has this policy because Virgin is still currently selling its full pre-COVID schedule of flights for travel beyond September. They haven't actually made any cancellations yet um, based on what they were previously selling. There is no guarantee that any of the flights currently scheduled beyond September will actually run. And I would say it's very likely that at least least some of those flights will be cancelled by Virgin. So it's just as well they are offering free cancellations and refunds. That also applies, by the way, if Virgin cancels your flight. Now, one airline that has introduced a particularly generous rebooking policy lately is Qatar Airways. Until the thirtieth of September, Qatar Airways is allowing passengers to change their travel dates or destination for free. No fare difference applies, provided the new ticket is in the same fare class, and the new destination can be anywhere within five thousand miles—that's eight thousand kilometres—of the original destination. Now, a few conditions do apply, but there are some very interesting opportunities here. And one person on AFF, for example, booked a business class ticket from Istanbul to Singapore and then changed the ticket straight away so that they're now flying from Istanbul to Sydney instead at no additional charge. That sounds pretty good to me. By the way, it's not just airlines that are offering refunds or credits at the moment. If you purchased a travel insurance policy for a trip that you were unable to take due to COVID-19 and you did not use or claim anything on your insurance, you may then be able to get a partial refund or a credit for your insurance policy. Columbus Direct Travel Insurance, for example, is now offering partial refunds on some unused travel insurance policies. And other companies including Travel Insurance Direct, Insure & Go, Tick Travel Insurance and Fast Cover, are all offering credits to use towards a future policy as long as you haven't made any claims on your current one. Now, not all insurers are being this generous, unfortunately, but if you think you might be eligible, it's definitely worth checking to see if your insurer is offering something. Well, that's just about it for this episode. Thanks as always to those who've provided feedback or comments on the aff Fortnite discussion thread, including Duff009 and OpenSeat, hi there to both of you, who both said they enjoyed the interview with Chris in last fortnight's episode. Thanks so much. For more information about anything in today's podcast, check out the episode notes, which are always full of links. And if you haven't already subscribed to AFF on Air, make sure you do. And if you're enjoying this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you take just a couple of minutes to leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to be listening. We do read all of your feedback and we of course really appreciate those of you who've already taken the time to do this. I'm Matt Graham. I'll be back next fortnight with more news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. But until then, take care.